You're listening to EG News, the podcast, the official podcast of the East Greenwich News publication produced by Nova Pro Media. Please visit eastgreenwichnews.com and join our newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything going on in our community. While you're at it, don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button on this podcast so you can be notified every time we upload a new episode. And as always, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. And now, here's the show. Hi, everyone. It's Elizabeth McNamara with EG News, and we are here podcasting in February. I think it's February 8th today. I don't know when you'll be listening to this with Joni Hinman is back as my wing woman. Thank you. And um, Jesse Tolpa is over there with the controls. Hey, Jesse. Hey. So um, anyway, happy February, the shortest month of the year. Thank goodness, maybe. <laughs> Although the weather, I mean, we had that frightful weather. I hope everyone was okay in the cold. We did okay. Boy, it really was bitter cold. And just before the anniversary of the blizzard of 78, which the, lots of people wrote yeah, into EG yeah. News. Those were great memories, I think, that were shared in that three-part series. You I know, really enjoyed that. Oh, I'm glad that you did because I, you know, I felt like, oh my gosh, maybe this is too much content, but part of me feels like it's a public, uh, I said it today in my newsletter, an archive, you know, or on, on that last story, you know, because in fact, I asked, I asked Laura Sullivan, who, who, who did the first story and, um, had been working the night shift at Dunkin' Donuts. And that was beautifully written. I mean, she really brought that to life. She's she's a great writer and, um, she worked at Brown for many years. She's retired now. And so I keep bugging her to do more writing. And, um, so I had, I knew she had a good story, but she hadn't sent anything in. So I'm finally like, Hey, Laura, are you going to send anything in? And she goes, Oh, you, you know, you don't need anything. You've got enough. And I said, I don't have that many true East Greenwich stories. And, and plus I just knew that she would do a great job. And, um, and then she said something like, well, you know, I thought I'd wait till the 50 year mark. And I'm like, you know what? I want it now because who knows, you know, who knows? Yeah. And we can rerun it we'll dust back that at off the 50th. In I know. In, in, well, in five years, in five years, oh, we yeah, will have, years. I know Oops. in five years, we will have all forgotten uh, about these great yeah, stories. I just lost of. five years since I came in and sat down. So, <laughs> whoosh, it's gone. So anyway, it was. It was really fun. It was you know wild to think about. And I wasn't here. I was in sunny Southern California in 1978. So I was far from the blizzard. The blizzard of 78. You know what I noticed? Everyone pointed out what car they had at that time. Did you notice that? I love that. I love that. I I love that so much. This guy talking about his rabbit, you know, his VW rabbit. In fact, I asked him, I said, hey, do you have... And that story, he just kind of sent in a couple days ago. Um, And um, his name is Dale. Hi, Dale. And um, and I said, do you have a picture of that rabbit? Because it kind of is central to the story and um, his story. And... um, he, he apparently went digging and digging and could not find one. He had a lot of pictures from the era, but none of that car. But yeah, no. Yeah, there was a Pinto in there. There were some Pinto, large cars in there. Yeah. I had an image of Laura talking about those police cars going up the hills. Those old police cars going up these snowy hills. Right. And I'm like, um, how did they even get up there? But Laura gave me that the tip that the town was plowing that one street, Dedford, ah. to make it clear. Because the police station used to be 
up on Pierce Street where the um, DPW is now. Yep. That's where it was before they built the one on First right. Ave. For a long time. I mean, that For was, a long it was time. there even when so I was So the police here, cars yeah. were just going up Deadford and into the parking lot. So that was getting plowed regularly. Right. And that, I mean, I just really didn't understand how the heck they were trying to get up that hill, you know, with all the snow and these yeah. terrible you know, sedan type cars, not the kind of more SUV type police cars that also, they're driving now. no one mentioned chains, but I remember that when they I was a kid, people had put chains, chains on yeah. their tires. They must have had chains. You're right. You're right. They must have. Another thing I was thinking about as I read those memories and people talking about the community coming together and how they yeah. were sharing food and whatever they had, you know, they were bringing other people in. It actually made me think of the pandemic a little bit. Yeah. Because I, I felt like, about boy, that. That, that is the same kind of thing, you know, on a smaller scale, but definitely neighborhoods and communities. And, you know, I think a little bit of that I've popped thought, up yeah. with the pandemic. I have thought about that a lot in terms of 10 years out, 20 years out, 45 years out from the pandemic, we are going to be remembering it and how we remember it probably will have a rosier glow than yeah. maybe some of the hard things we went through and even some of the contentious things we went through. Yeah. Maybe we'll remember that we fought over masks, but I think we'll definitely remember, you know, the people who helped out by bringing food to people who couldn't get out or, um, people who, who managed to get their neighbor in for a vaccine who, you know, right. who really needed one or something like that. Well, and even the sense of community that sort of developed with social media, you know, people yeah. would be writing like anybody got a spare test or something. Yes. I know within yeah. In the, Once in the, the Facebook came. groups in town, people were like, I, I, I've got five, I'll bring you one, something like right. that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was sweet. And I know the vaccine clinic that we ran here, a lot of people will remember that with great fondness and that we were able to, to do that. You know, it was, it was a little, the little town that could sort of vaccine clinic. So yeah. Yeah. You mentioned what a nice writer uh, Laura is. I also was glad to see you've got a gardening addition to EG News. We do have a gardening addition. We have um, George Christie, who I met because he was helping um, Anne Asadorian do her wildflower meadow out way out on the other side of town. Um, and he was her consultant and the two of them are really have been working for years on this, you know, in a small, you know, not all year round, not intensively, but I'm sure in the spring he'll be back over there and they'll be surveying what's, what's growing and what's not. But he is passionate. He lives over in Potawatomi. He is passionate about native plants and, um, pollinate, making sure we have pollinating plants for our pollinators, um, in all of this in service of, of just keeping us ecologically grounded. And, um, he's, he's just a font of information. And so when I went out to the meadow, I went out three times last summer at different periods just to see, and I mean, everything out of his mouth was gold. You know, I just felt like, Oh, wow. You, you have so much to say. And one of the things I really liked what he said was, you don't have to redo your entire garden. You just start with one plant. So anyway, we'll be hearing from him once a month. And I think that's going to be a nice addition. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I can't read, wait to read what else he has to say. I'm trying winter sowing for the first time this year. Oh, like you, what? You um, put seeds in a milk jug and you put that out in your yard 
And what that means is it's you don't have to harden off seedlings that you start in your house. So I've been reading really? a lot about it, like, hey, everybody try this. It's kind of easy. So I figured. So I'll what give kind that of seeds are you putting in? What kind of? I'm starting with flowers, and then in March, um, the recommendation is that's when you can start with vegetables, and when they get two sets of leaves, then you can transplant this. I'm saying this like I'm a total expert. Okay. I've just got some, you know, jugs in my yard for the first time ever. So I have no idea if I'll succeed I have with to it. come over and, come and over. spy yes. this. Yes. Spy this and just see what you're up to. Kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So when you're outside, sometimes you're hearing coyotes. That's been kind of a hot Ooh. topic. Actually, I have no idea if that's, sorry, coyotes, if I just insulted you with a really bad howl. Um, I don't know what they sound like. I do, because I've heard them. My coyote mistake was a popular story Holy this cow. month. Oh, it was a huge story. Anthony Burnett Testa, who is a, um, a teacher at Cole, actually, he um, loves wildlife, and, um, and he's also doing some um, sponsor ad sales for us but he, he said he wanted to do this story. I'm like, great. And, um, it's right now the top story of, of our, of our short year. And I I mean, I suspect it will remain in the top 10. So what Um, was his mistake in a nutshell? That's the title of it. You have to read about rats first, but no, the mistake is that he was putting old fruit in his compost pile, which was a pile versus one of those containers that might be closed and all. And he said, and I'm, I, I don't know what town, part of town he lives in exactly, but I guess coyotes are roaming through his yard, maybe, maybe a little more than they're roaming through mine, although I'm sure they could be roaming through mine too, because I'm downtown, but um. And so they were going in his compost pile, and the problem they're food. Yeah, they're just looking the for a food problem source. with yeah. that is that means they're coming close to your house. I mean, I've heard you're not even supposed. To, you know, you need to be careful with like bird feeders because they'll come and eat the stuff on the ground. Yeah. You know, that drops when the squirrel tries to get into your bird feeder. You right. know, and it's like swinging and falling, and um, but you know, I mean, I think the bigger issue is that we're having to come to terms with the fact that coyotes are just a part of our environment now they're yeah more so than they ever have been and i guess they are very very able to adapt so maybe they never ate fruit before but shoot if there's food available they're gonna eat it so be careful he he has some great tips he talked to a coyote expert and um you know we just I guess we have to consider them kind of like we consider opossums. You know, we don't necessarily feel super chummy with those funny looking things with long tails, but we're not, you don't call DEM to get rid of an opossum. You just try to keep your trash cans covered or whatever. Well, also you can call if you want about a coyote, but nobody's coming. But nobody's coming. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the things they have to say is, I mean, they're typically, they're not going after your pets, even though everybody thinks that they are. And probably some people do have some scary stories. I don't want to pretend that they haven't, but if you have a really small dog, like my little small dog, um, you know, if you have coyotes around, I would keep them on leash and keep them close. But coyotes aren't all that big themselves, depending on this, you know, depending on how well fed they are. And um, so they're not necessarily going after larger dogs. That's another one of the composting shortcuts that is 
not necessarily recommended is some people just chop stuff up fine and dig it right into the garden instead of accumulating it either in your house, in a pile, oh, or really? in a composting bin. Yeah, but the downside of it is it attracts animals. Yeah, people you know? dig it up. People, Yeah, well, not people so well, much. That's critters. true. <laughs> really hungry people <laughs> dig it up. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, but it was fun. I think Anthony's going to be doing, speaking of opossums, I think, um, I had this great podcast. I heard this great podcast about possums and opossums. There, is there a difference? There is, I think it's opossums here in the U S and possums in another continent or something like okay. that, but they're kind of cool. They're kind of cool. These, these critters. What's and, cool about them? Uh-oh, don't ask me. All We're right. going to have to wait until Anthony writes about it because okay. I've, I've already right. kind of forgotten how Consider cool they are. Consider that a tease. Coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody's dying to hear this, but it was a really fun podcast about them. So, and cool. I have, I did find one once, a baby in a trash can. And the oh. poor, the poor little baby was on the edge because there was some water in there. And, um, and I... I literally screamed. I mean, I felt like such a ridiculous person, but it was startling. Yeah, you're not expecting and, uh, to see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All we had to do was push it over, and then the little guy or girl or it went off off into the wilderness. But um, that was my one big brush. With Man, them. I let out such a big scream at the bank one day when a mouse ran by my cubicle. Seriously? Yeah, my manager was like, What's wrong with you? Have you never seen a mouse? I'm like, not, not running in a bank. by my cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. A little mouse problem there at the bank. Okay. We won't name the bank. Yeah, folks. they're not they're not in that location anymore. Okay, so so <laughs> on a serious note, Anthony is at Cole, sticking with Cole. We've got another story coming out of there that you're following closely. Yeah, we did hear about this. Um the rumors started over the weekend on uh, and then we got official notification on Monday that um a for many people, a beloved teacher at Cole, um, Adam Scott, had been put on administrative leave um, pending an investigation about some inappropriate behavior. And that's pretty much all we know. Um, there were rumors flying, as they do, and I understand why that happens. But from the best that I understand, um, having checked, um, no police were ever involved at the school for instance, which is what a couple of rumors I heard alluded to. And um, we just have to wait. There is an independent investigation. That means um, probably a lawyer is going to be doing a lot of interviews. And I asked, I actually asked the superintendent last night, I said, how long does that take? And he said, as long as it takes. So we're not, I don't think we're going to hear anything about this for a little bit. Um, it's sad. Um they are a family and East Greenwich family as well. So I, you know, we just, I think it's best not to speculate right now and just, um, we'll just wait for the process yeah. to play out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I feel like we talk about this every time we have a podcast, but let's do it again. How about the elementary <coughs> school options that are being yeah. kicked around? Yeah. Well, you know, it kind of went dormant, believe it or not, even though we kept talking about it. I mean, I, I feel like it's our civic duty to make sure everybody's paying attention to this well, yeah. big the issue. The thing but that gets everybody's attention seems to be that Eldridge will be decommissioned or will likely be 
decommissioned Likely. as a school exactly. is under consideration yes. for being decommissioned. Yes. Maybe it can be used for something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and that gets everybody's attention. It, well, at least it gets a certain segment. I'm not even sure how how big an issue that is, but it certainly is an issue for some people, and they've been pretty vocal about it. People who either grew up here and love that school and just because originally it was um it was K through 8 I believe originally it was and then they built Cole and Cole was the high school at the time it was East Greenwich High School so they probably siphoned off some people um but originally I the high school was East Greenwich Academy but so people do have nostalgic and emotional feelings for Eldridge. And certainly it is, it is kind of our centerpiece in that part of town. There's Town Hall and there's Eldridge. I think those are the two real, and I guess Swift or the um, Academy field. But uh, it's not, not going to become affordable housing. There, there, that does not, that's not going to happen from what the officials tell me. More likely it would become, if this happens, you know, town offices, school offices, maybe a place for adult education, maybe uh, uh, any number of possibilities for this, for that building. Well, if they kept the the fields and the Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. playground, it would still be a cornerstone of the Yes, town. it would still be a cornerstone of the town, and, it, and they will. They're totally keeping yeah, all of those. Not? And um, so then the real question becomes, I mean, what some people are frustrated by is they feel there hasn't been enough tr- um, information made public about why you couldn't retrofit Eldridge. And I think you can. If money is literally no object, you probably could do something. And they're just the access saying is a big problem. that and that it, you know, it just the way it's built, it's just yeah. not, it's harder to make that co- comparable to the other schools and the other work that they want to do. Um, but the, the other kind of cool thing that's coming out is this real desire for a either K through five or one through five schools instead of this. What is it? K through two, three through five, six through eight, and then high school, you would have one elementary school kind of experience. You might segment off the kindergarten, pre-K and kindergarten, assuming, as I think the town has to, that the state will mandate pre-K pretty soon. I think that's coming. And um, so where are those kids going to go? We have a very small pre- preschool program now, so it's going to have to grow. And um, and then kindergarten, maybe that would all be in one site, like let's say Meadowbrook. And then you'd have Hannaford and Frenchtown as being these larger elementary schools. And would that include a larger building at Frenchtown in the back? or That would that include, well, one of the ideas would be a larger new school in the back, not as large as that original idea, Okay. but, um, so one would be that. And then, um, renovations to Hannaford, um, renovations and additions to Hannaford to accommodate, you know, more students. Um, boy, it'd be great to get sidewalks all the way up to Frenchtown, wouldn't it? Yeah, That's it kind sure of a would. scary drive. I was over there the other day and I mean, somebody was pushing a stroller in the oh, street. Really? Thought, oh, really? Yeah. Gosh, I mean, that's setup. W- when my kids went there. Now, of course, we were being bused from this side of town to Frenchtown, so they yeah. were obviously being bused. Yeah, um, we did that too. Away. You were not allowed to walk 
because it was not deemed safe. And so that's one of the arguments against that location, except there's a lot of room at Elder, at Frenchtown more than at some other sites. So, so it's, you know, and we don't have any other schools over there. Right. You know, what this really comes down to is you kind of wish the town mothers and fathers 10, 20 years ago had bought some land 25 years ago, maybe, I don't know, on route two, you know, where all those right. office buildings are now. And, um, yeah. cause that would have been a pretty easy location for a, in a and school. Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in and out. So but. the best way to follow this is every time there's a meeting, you're covering it. And we're if covering there's it. a and, PowerPoint, um, you're putting that up too. We're trying, we're trying really hard because it's important for everyone to stay engaged. Cause this is going to be a potentially giant um, project and, um, including work at the high school, which has kind of been side not sidelined, but we don't talk much about it, but at least there right now, the number is like 17 million for the high school, but it could be a lot more conceivably. Um, so maybe this is all going to be done in phases too. Um, they are meeting next week on Valentine's day, actually in the morning. Um, they are trying to get some meetings scheduled in the evening because some people have complained that it's hard to get to these meetings. Um, they are on Zoom, and they don't have any legal responsibility to do that. So they're, they are more accessible than, um, than maybe they, had, they would have been back in the day, pre-COVID. You know, now they're, they're on Zoom. The one thing I don't know if they're available afterwards which would be nice, mm-hmm. you know, so you play back. Learn. Yeah. But you can always go to EG news where we'll have some, we'll have some information about it. Yeah. So. Speaking of Valentine's day, you're looking for some cute stories, right? Oh yeah, we are. We are. If anybody has, I mean, by the time you hear this, um, if you have a cute story, you know, either, you know, how you met the love of your life or you've been married, you know, a gazillion years and, and you want to talk about that or, or maybe it's just a funny Valentine you got or gave once. And, um, and I did, I'm writing that out in the newsletter last night, prepping for today and, uh, or the new newsletter went out today. And, um, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have a Valentine's day story again, just like the possum. You're going to have to come back and, and Oh, you're not going to reveal it here. <laughs> I'm not going to reveal it here. <laughs> Um, All right, I'll I'll tell you mine. Oh, okay. Okay, it's not a romantic story. It's about my mommy. Oh. She and I, for years, sent the same two Valentines back and forth to one another. And when she was coming up, nobody signed a Valentine. She was born 99 years ago. And she said, well, you weren't supposed to know who the Valentine was. So these cards just have question marks on the bottom of it. So it's like a very, you know, sweet little message. One is you're my cup of tea. And the other one is one of those old timey ones with like a velvet heart on the front. Oh my gosh. I thought those were the coolest. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That was a pricey card because I checked the back of it. 50 cents. 50 yes, cents. Yes. I warrant I warrant <laughs> that one be going for 6.99 now. That's right. But we sent those back and forth to one another for years. That's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Well, um if anybody has a story or, you know, a, a meal that they made or 
Yeah. I mean, those heart shaped boxes, which were, or, you know, I just thought those were the coolest things. When my mom got one of those, I, from my dad, I thought, oh my gosh, this yeah. is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, I used to love getting those Valentines at school, usually with a little candy, but, <laughs> but not always, sometimes just the Valentine. I mean, do you remember making like a little shoe box, decorating it yeah, for the Valentines right. to go so in? So could all go in. Yeah. It yep. was, it was kind of sweet. Um, I think they're probably, it's probably bigger now. Although I don't know for a while they're in schools, we'll have to find out since maybe, you know, they don't allow candy. No, no. Jesse is shaking his head. No, we we don't allow candy. That's allergies, contamination. No Valentine's either. Not even if you do the whole class. Valentine's. Uh Oh, I'm Uh going to, this is investigative reporting. I'm sorry. We need to know, but, um, well, I think, um, at one point, it was you need to distribute to everybody because otherwise right. there are hurt feelings. But I it's didn't realize it had progressed to just drop it all together. I'm pretty sure it got to that point. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I do think that's an investigative piece mm-hmm. that I need to dig into before Tuesday, February 14th. You had a nice uh, piece on Pastor Linda Forsberg. Yeah. Um, tell us a little about her and her 26 year. Years of uh, a bold ministry. What is it that she brought that was so bold? Well, you know, the first thing when she she and I met, and I've known Pastor Linda for years, um, just kind of seeing her at events and and going to that church for certain things or what have you. And um, and there just was something always striking. Do you know who it is, Jesse? Who I'm talking about? She, you know, the, the pastors at the Lutheran Church wear a white. Um, I don't know what it's called a white robe of some kind. And then she's got this beautiful dark hair that kind of streams down and, and she's a beautiful woman. And, um, so she gets this job 26 years ago. It's in the nineties. The church had never had women of, you know, a woman pastor and she's divorced. She's got young kids, you know, so she comes in and she's just this different type of person. And, um, and yet the congregation was just, they thought this is the future and they were right. And they she right. was very welcoming, right? Of everyone. Very welcoming, very mm-hmm. welcoming, really got out in front of LGBTQ issues, um, had that rainbow flag. She was so cute. She goes, I love our rainbow flag. And, um, you know, and, and for as many people and being divorced, she was divorced, you know, maybe that might've turned off a couple people, but it brought people in. And in fact, one of the people who commented said his, his mother, and father went to that, or stepfather went to that church purpose, um, purposefully because when they heard about Pastor Linda and they got married there, they were dating at the time, they got married. And, um, you know, and it, it, so she's also just a passionate social justice kind of warrior type, it was doing church beyond the walls. I think she's still doing church beyond the walls in Providence where it's in Burnside Park. Anyone who's around can come and they usually have some food as well. And, um, it's just a way to, to bring church to the people. Um, so I, I, you know, I respect that. And, but 26 years is a long time. I mean, way longer than any other person, religious person in town. She's seen people come and go. So end of an era for the Lutheran church and good luck to them as they look for somebody new, but it could be an exciting time. Absolutely. So I think that might wrap it up for today. We have a shorter podcast for a shorter month 
And um, we're hoping maybe we're going to get uh, somebody to interview next next time. Um, we'll let you know about that ahead of time. So thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Joni. Bye. You've been listening to the EG News Podcast, the official podcast of the East Greenwich News Publication. If you haven't already, head on over to eastgreenwichnews.com and sign up for our newsletter so you can be notified of everything that's going on in our community. And also, hit that follow or subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we upload a new episode.